everybody, welcome to episode 35 of Mendoza Line. My name is Cam, and I'm joined yet again by Nicholas Coates. What's up? Cam, I'm a little closer to you than I normally am. Well, I know someone you're even closer to me right now. That would be our special guest. I'm in the physical presence of longtime listener, uh, many-time caller, Gary Coates. The father figure. The father <laughs> figure is present. Welcome Mendoza aboard, Line, sir. Thank Mendo- you. Thank Mendoza you. Line veteran as well. Indeed. I believe he was on about a year ago. Um, on my resume, I do have a note saying, um, see, ep- see episode of Gary on uh, Mendoza <laughs> Line podcast. <laughs> of course. You, now yeah. you can add to it. See? Yes. We are, we're pumped to be here. It's been a few weeks. Been traveling a little bit, but we... We've been watching some baseball in the Coates house, so we're a little depressed. It's been a rough week, week and a half for our old uh, red legs, but we did go to a game on Friday, saw the Reds play the Braves, so it was my first major league game of the year, and it was quite the clunker for the first eight innings. The uh, Reds were shut out two to nothing, only had three hits, I believe, the first eight innings, and then the bats came alive in the ninth because I guess they knew that we were there and they didn't want to disappoint us. And then we got to see a, a walk-off home run by Devin Mezzarocco in the bottom of the 10th, so capped off by a, a nice fireworks show. So it was it was good. We went to the right game because the other two games the Reds lost in very frustrating fashion. So, so yeah, it was a lot of fun to actually go to a game. But a lot has happened in the past two weeks, huh? Uh, yes, yeah, a few things. I feel like we're going to cover the big ones. See, I would uh, I would be remiss if we didn't broach the Bryce Harper uh, brawl or melee that happened. So we've uh, we've been talking about it quite a bit this week. So I know Father Figure has some opinions, but but yeah, that Bryce Harper seems to find himself in the middle of uh, controversy quite often, doesn't he? Well, I think my biggest issue with the fight is that he missed so wildly with his helmet. If like went to the, went to the second baseman. <laughs> it's a good thing he's not a pitcher. <laughs> well, it, I think it's a good thing he didn't hit him, or else. Oh, I don't know. it, it would have. I mean, if he had actually used his helmet as a weapon, it would have been you know bad ethically, morally, and he would have been suspended a lot longer than he was. But I just thought it was bad how comically large the gap was between where the helmet went and where the pitcher was. <laughs> if you see Strickland bracing for that impact of that helmet when he turns his side, and it never comes. So I, I'm interested in hearing Gary's thoughts before I spout mine. Well, first thing I thought it was really interesting, depending on what Twitter feed you know you were following or what you were watching on television, you know, you know people would say people had one or the other dramatically winning the fight, which I thought it was pretty much uh, even when it came to that. I mean, they each got in a blow. No, nobody yeah. got, nobody got dominated there. But 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 if you read certain things, you you would have thought that if you hadn't seen it you know, yourself, but a couple things, uh, one, uh, everybody, I didn't have a problem with it. If he would have thrown at his head, I would have had a problem with it, but hitting, hitting him where he did. And I know it was two, two and a half years, but I mean, I, I just didn't have a problem with it. I, I so a little context. So Strickland, the pitcher that hit him, Bryce Harper hit a pretty big two, two. 
two. I think he hit two big home runs off of and him. And the, the 2014 NLDS, I believe, that the Giants still won. That was the year they won the World Series. But Bryce uh, made quite the show of it. And I guess, yeah, Strickland has been plotting his revenge for <laughs> uh, quite a long time. You know, bitterness, that's a, that's a topic for master class. Letting, exactly letting certain things go over exactly. that period of time especially knowing that your team won the world series that year but i'm not saying it was biblically ethical but uh i understood it there there may not be any there may not being any crying in baseball um according to the famous line um, there's also no forgiveness in baseball <laughs> Think, yeah things tend to fester over the years there always seems to be some unwritten rule that's broken that causes these melees so it's tough to keep up um with the uh yeah the gentleman side of side of things but especially with these brash new millennials playing the game you know i suppose someday right now you know right now it's a good it's a mix of the millennial age and the and the older generation but it's a a microcosm of a greater societal issue at some point you know when it's when the millennials have all taken over then we may have a much different looking sport but for right now this is how it is i guess well i okay so i guess my my thoughts are like i don't have a problem that he hit him but you gotta know if you plunk a guy like bryce harper he's gonna charge them out i don't I don't think he had a problem with that. I think he was prepared. He was ready, he was ready to go. <laughs> and so, like, my whole point is, like, you know, if you're going to gloat after hitting a home run, you better be prepared to get hit the next time. And then if you're going to hit him, you better get prepared to get charged. So, yeah. like, all's yeah. fair, you know? Yeah. I've, I, I guess. I think it was fine. I think not, the best yeah. the best part was Jeff Samarja running into the first baseman. Yeah, that was so dangerous. I mean, those, those guys... were two large men running into each other, Michael Morse and Samarja. But yeah, I don't. Wanna, I guess I don't understand. I mean, it's a big deal because it's Bryce Harper, I guess. But it's a frustration coming out. They got their punches in. They got suspended. Yeah, now everyone can um, move on. Exactly. I don't think it has to be a an indictment on anyone's career. You know. I think if this becomes a pattern, there is some, you know, some health involved of people throwing baseballs intentionally at each other repeatedly. But um, I guess I, I was cracking up. I I was up pretty early this morning, and they did a, a breakdown show, and they were showing all the the different uh, people's responses to the the brawl, like the, in the actual infield. So of course we know Buster Posey. Did nothing, which was a, a hot topic. Uh, the the shortstop Crawford didn't really do much. Uh, panic, panic, the second baseman. He he more quickly responded and, and headed in. And then Morris, the first baseman, when he hit and then Harper charged that that dude was full steam into the uh, the middle of it. So it was just fun. Like I think a couple of guys just wanted no part of that. Uh, you know, man time for lack of a better term. I thought it was interesting, too, uh, the Posey situation, because at some point he will he will be the one getting drilled. And, uh, you know, despite how some of his teammates may or may not have felt about him not charging the mound, uh, they'll be putting the put in the position to defend him at some point when he gets drilled by the Washington Nationals. And it will happen sooner or later. It'll happen. 
and that's just how the game works. And they're going to, they're going to, the Nationals are going to force, <laughs> force the hand of the the Giants to see, you know, how that how that's all going to go down. It'll be inter- interesting to watch. If history teaches us anything, if Buster gets hurt and when that happens, there'll probably be a new rule to uh, protect batters. Because yep. the last time Buster Posey got ran over, they changed the the home plate rule. That but that was a lot more vicious than just getting hit with the pit. I know. I said that facetiously because he's a... I know I'm using large words but I also he rips our he's ripped the reds heart out several times I've back. also read uh, different accounts by people on the inside of the game that seem to think that uh, Posey was under strict orders um, to not do anything so there's that side of it too well, they've, that, they've made quite the, they made quite the investment in him whereas Strickland is probably a little bit more replaceable I guess one one theory was that um, he was told, you know, he was to allow him to get out there so Strickland could fight him. The other part was is that under management side, the management side said he was not allowed to be in any any melees like that. So, well, yeah. So I guess the next logical question for me is, okay, so they plunk Posey. What if he just lays his bat down and walks to first? Is that the end of this whole thing? Like I feel like that's someone's just gonna have to bite it and just say, I'm not yeah. charging. Like let's just all move on. Because we're all sick of getting hit. It's <laughs> just a dumb thing to perpetuate. I guess that's the angle I didn't think of. They, they may fight whether he charges or not. <laughs> <laughs> he may be going to first base while the dugouts are emptying yeah. on his behalf. That'd be funny. Jeez. It'd be, probably be the first time ever. I don't know. I think baseball needs to turn into hockey in a sense of having an enforcer on every team. You know, to where if that happens to your best player... The guy jumps in and, you know, does his dirty work and takes the brunt of the punishment. Well, I'll see you uh, hockey and, and raise you medieval battles. Your champion versus my champion. Knockdown fight. Winner <laughs> takes the game. Yeah, but I, w- I was impressed. I mean, sometimes in those those situations, there's mostly just hugging and headlocking. Posturing, posturing. There was a few <laughs> uh, square punches to the face. Rugnet or a door style. Yeah. Every time I see a baseball fight, I'm like, none of you can hit as good as he, because he got Bautista so good. Yes, <sighs> it was did. wonderful. All right. So I I think that's, that. those are my thoughts on the fight. I don't know if you guys have more. I just thought it was good baseball. I mean, it happens, so. Just, yeah, testosterone, running wild, pride, egos on the line. Just wait till that, that happens again to Bryce Harper, but he's in Yankee pinstripes. I ironically um Bryce Harper was injured in a baseball game uh, against Cincinnati years ago like may have been his rookie year and it was self-inflicted and it was much worse than anything that happened in that fight he uh he broke a bat in the dugout did something he slammed a bat and ended up cutting his face really badly in the process and he was in the dugout just ble- bleeding really badly from his cut to the forehead that was self-inflicted out of anger. So, you know, nothing that bad happened in that fight. So He's so young. What does he have to be so angry about? (laughs) (laughs) Must be tough being a good-looking millionaire. Yeah. There was a rumor. I I think I read this today. He 
I don't know. This I think this was for Peter Gaiman's. It's one of those like nothing, nothing from Bryce Harper's mouth, but there was some rumor that Bryce was actually interested in playing for the Cubs uh, after next year <laughs> when his contract ran out. But I don't Puke. foresee how it's possible to pay both him and Chris Bryant. But you know the history. Those two are they're both Vegas boys. I think they. They competed against each other growing up. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Bright, they would be about the same age. They may have played on the same travel team or something. I'm not sure. I think I heard that. So I, that's, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. It was just an interesting tidbit, but that talk will continue to, uh, increase over, you know, as we get to the end of this year and into next year through his final contract year, I'm sure that'll be the talk of everything. Of because we tend to, you know, highlight the the star player and the the end of their contract and where they're going to end up. Even though, you know, there's a good chance he could stay with the Nationals, but um, yeah, people love to. Bryce Harper is a. Uh, good for baseball in that sense of people definitely have opinions about him and especially one other piece of big news in the past couple weeks Mike Trout tore a ligament in his thumb so you know the best player in baseball right now is going to be out for probably the next two months which is obviously a crushing blow to the Angels if they had any chance at all which they probably didn't but yeah it's tough for baseball too because that guy was having a pretty phenomenal season leading the AL in home runs and most uh, offensive statistical categories. But he's going to, yeah, he's going to miss a big chunk of the year, which is unfortunate as a baseball fan. So, And, man, I was a year off on the Astros, huh? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> so that AL West is quickly becoming um, obsolete with the, the second-place Angels being 13 and a half games behind. Um. Yeah, and then uh, Astros swept the the Rangers, so probably their their closest competition this weekend. So, you know, it's it's not over till it's over. But the Astros, holy cow, forty one and sixteen at the moment, they're uh, formidable. I was uh, working with a buddy last night at the coffee shop, and you know we were chit chatting baseball and. He just said, how are the Astros 22 games over 500 or whatever it was that they were? You know, us experts thought it was going to be the Astros like this last year, and they just had the worst start ever. But Yeah, and Keiko, I don't know what was wrong with him last year, but he's returned to Cy Young form, and yeah, their, their lineup is formidable. So that's a team we think we've talked about. I could see them adding an arm at the deadline, and it could be uh, interesting because the Unless the Indians start separating themselves, it looks like a uh, an Astros, you know, whoever emerges from the Yankees, Red Sox is going to come out of the AL. Hopefully, that's not too wrapped up at that point because that, you know, it's always good to have some unknown. But yeah, they are looking very solid right now. Speaking of the Yankees, I heard you mention. Um, can you believe what they've done for Aaron Judge out in right field with this? Uh with this little courtroom setting, um, the judges' chambers, and yeah, they let 10, 10 people. I, I suppose they just pick people randomly out of the crowd. They wear they wear these um, robes and everything. You know, it's like 
a team doing that for no a pressure. rookie player, you know, it's just mind-boggling. That, you know, it's like they're not worried about the pressure they're putting on him, him living up to expectations. They're just... This there. is the Yankees. That's what they do. Drew Henson was supposed to be, you know, the ex-Michigan quarterback was supposed to be the next big uh, third baseman, and they rushed him through the minors to get him up, and he never had a career. Right. Out and got A-Rod and moved him to third base. You know, put pressure on it. If you can't handle it, then see you later. I guess that's true. If you There's a, there's more pressure than, than that in playing in New York, so I guess you just have to, something they have to get used to. Yeah, they're, they're really putting the, the heat on Chase Headley right now. They're basically like, start hitting or we're going to replace you with Claybar Torres or someone else. So, and the Yankee, I mean, it's not like they're two games up on the division. So, despite his struggles and they're being young, you know, the Yankees are still putting the pressure on their guys, which is probably good, but it's just an embarrassment of riches up there so we shall see well we uh we don't have as much time tonight as we normally have so i want to transition to our main topic so i know dad had a had a few points but i know so cam i don't know if we want to get into your your dh discussion tonight or not um but that might be good since i have some backup here as a (laughs) the national league versus the the american league here but yeah let's just let's dive into that the the dh so i'm assuming that you think pitchers hitting is just foolishness and should be disregarded am i correct you're dead wrong get rid of the dh it's stupid oh wow well i was expecting (laughs) an actual argument no because like here's the deal like yeah i like i like tigers i don't necessarily like the american league the Tigers have been a National League team. I still would have liked them. Uh, I think it's, I think it's fundamentally bizarre that, it, to the best of my knowledge, baseball is the only sport on the planet where one division plays by a separate set of rules than the other. It is pretty fascinating. That'd be like the AFL uh, making, like the AFL making the the quarterback play offense and defense, and then in the NF. Or, sorry, the AFC. Then the NFC, he only has to play quarterback. I, I just, I don't understand. Or like, you can't tackle the quarterback in the AFC. It's only two yeah, touch. Exactly. It's just weird. It's like a fundamental shift. Now, I mean, obviously, same amount of strikes and balls and outs and innings and that sort of stuff. But why half the league the pitchers don't bat and half the league like I should all be one way, whether that's all DH or all not DH. All right, just for argument's sake, it's sorry, Cam. It's just the way that it's been done. So that's the worst reason to do the, anything. The purest—that's the purest <laughs> way. It's the the national way of doing things and the American way of do it, doing things, and yeah, that's just the way it is. Here's the reality of it, though. I don't I don't care for it. Um, I don't care for it because I'm more of a purist in that regard, but. Now that it's in place and it's been in place for such a long time, I don't see it ever going away because that's fifteen. That's fifteen major league jobs, you know, right? There's thirty teams, so there's fifteen in each league, and that's fifteen fifteen major league jobs that are on the line. And uh, the players' union would never, never let that fly. You know, they would never take fifteen jobs away. So, 
That's oh. where, yeah, aging players go to die, you know, whereas Albert Pujol is going to play in a few years, you know. Where would Jason Giambi have played those last few years of his life or his professional life? But, yeah, it, it's never going to go away. The only way that's going to go is the National League will eventually get a DH, which I don't know. I don't know if that will ever happen or not. I think the, I think the better argument is when is interleague play going to go away? Never. Because it's totally lost its fascination. <laughs> well, it's never going away at this point because <laughs> the National League and American League both have odd amount of teams. So there'd always be one team that wouldn't be playing someone, you know? So you always, at this point, unless you expand two teams. So I don't know, like... So that goes back to the the Astros becoming an American League team. What was that, three years ago? How, how long ago? Oh, it was... Four, five it's years been ago longer or so. Than I, okay. So, um, maybe it's just because interleague play has been just. I feel like when I was really starting to get into baseball, it was when it was introduced as, you know, every team played a few series a year. You know, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like the Reds would play the Indians and a few other teams. It's totally different now. It didn't start till later in the year also. And I I remember thinking that was so cool how, um, you know, just getting to play a new team as opposed to, you know, you're in the Central, you play the Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, Brewers like 20 times a year and it just gets old. It was fun as a kid to be able to play someone new, to be able to see new players. And so I can understand the purists of – the World Series being a complete, like, completely new foe. Like, when the, in the 90s, you know, 1990, when the Reds played the A's, they had never played each other. So it was just this myth about McGuire and Conseco and their their vaunted power. And there's so much intrigue because of the unknown. They, they had never played each other. And, um, but I don't know. I just... I don't have big as a big of a deal with I like the you know playing a bunch of different teams and not necessarily adding more games interdivisionally or um you know I I don't know maybe they should spread it out to where there's not twenty divisional games each year and they you know they play more you know for central teams play more east and west National League teams um, because like sometimes the like. <laughs> In the um, American League West this year, like the, it's four terrible teams and one good one, so it's there's an inherent advantage there for the Astros. Um, you know where the East has got you know three pretty good teams. I would say even four with the Blue Jays picking it back up, and they're just beating up on each other all year. So I don't know. There's not going to be a perfect way to do things, but. I'm also, I, I kind of like how the schedule is set up now, but that's just me. Less games! No. <laughs> that could never happen. Everything would be so messed up if that ever happened. Just 162, it's got to be. It's just the way yeah, it is. That's just the way it is, Cam. <laughs> Still a terrible reason. <laughs> but I do, I would say that if the National League is going to keep pitchers hitting they do need to work on their bunning maybe it's just because i watch the reds but 
Dear goodness, there are some bad. Our position players can't bunny any better than our pitchers. Some bunners or some pitchers just can't can't bunt. It's just it's bad. It's just an automatic out. Also, bunting is just annoying. The more that I watch baseball, the more I'm, the less and less I see situations where bunting is a good idea. Just the idea of giving away a free out seems like a bad idea. But. I don't know. Do you guys have strong thoughts on bunting? <laughs> I think it's it can be a beautiful thing when it works out well. I like the surprise bunt, you know, uh, especially now with the shift where somebody surprises somebody and drops one down. I like I, that's you know, yeah, that's fine. That's I like bunting different. for a base hit, you know, kind of a thing. But the whole the telling them what you're going to do, seeing a failed bunt is just so oh gosh terrible yeah you're in the so what infuriates me is in the ninth inning you got first and second nobody out they try to bunt it's a terrible bunt they throw it to third there's one out and the whole inning is screwed now you know as opposed to just continuing to play and especially if you don't have a ton of faith in the person bunting but well but that's that's the problem right there but why are you going to tell a guy who's not a good bunter to bunt I don't know, just because that's the way that's always been done for certain managers. Okay, you can't use that. You can't use that yeah. phrase anymore this episode. I'm, I'm disallowing it. <laughs> but that's why that's why they do it. That's their reasoning. Well, well, I, know. I I don't agree with him on the way it's always been done. Going back to the 162, that that there's more to it than that. There's there's the whole thing of the the marathon of the season and. And the, in, it's an endurance, endurance test for individuals and for teams. And things play out over that long of a schedule that if you played a shorter schedule, it would not, it would just be different because so much is, is dealing with all the adversity that comes over that length of time, playing every almost every day. And it's a grind. And that's, it's kind of like, I would equate it, and I'm not a huge golf fan, but the fact that you have to walk you know, in professional golf, you have to walk all, you know, the tournament, which is what, well, they play over a tournament. They play three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Four. and they have to walk every single hole. And I think the casual observer doesn't realize. Isn't it four days? Or four days, however long it is. I mean, it's extremely taxing on the body, even if you're in shape, you know, to walk that much and then make shots when you're tired. And. You know, it's the same thing with baseball. I mean, people are dealing with injuries. They're dealing with exhaustion and from travel and different things. And and they have to overcome those things to be successful. And so if you shorten the season, then it's just – it just there's a whole different dynamic to the game to where it's it's not the same game anymore. So that that's more my thought on it. But I'll allow that. That was a much better – <laughs> reasoning because you're comparing apples to you know it's just it's just like in little league you know when you have a team that you know has a and I played on one of those teams where you have a dominant pitcher that people people just can't hit the pitcher but you get into the tournament and if you don't have somebody else that can pitch you know and those rules come into play where you can only pitch so many innings and then now that person has used up that amount of innings and you got to get somebody else on the mound and you can't you can't win because you don't have your, your guy pitching. And, and on a broader scale, you look at a team, that's where your 
your general manager and your manager make their money. It's 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 handling handling that overall team and putting people in the right positions to be successful and you know it's it's very important. Let's have a breaking news announcement. Yadier Molina just stole second base. <laughs> Surprise attack. Your well your 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 dramatic pause there was long enough that I saw something bad actually happened. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, depending on, on your view of, of how atrocious that offense is, that could be a bad thing that Molina actually stole a base. But. Yeah, that was that was interesting. The uh, <clears throat> Cubs Cardinals game is is on the periphery, and I was like, I saw him steal. I was like, that was Molina. He's like the slowest guy in the league. Not really sure how that happened. He also missed a little bit ago Dexter Fowler throwing out Rizzo at third. That was a pretty amazing play too. Mm, Fowler. He just was like casually, you know, going after this ball, and Rizzo tried to take third. It was bang bang, but he got him. It was Rizzo was pretty shocked. Too busy watching Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Ross, you mean? <laughs> well, Ross is on it, but Rizzo, like they did a thing um, where they had Chris Bryant and uh, Rizzo on. Oh, Rizzo's okay. done like two or three little like little video, like go get him, you know, because okay. they're buddies. I've not been I've not been keeping up on that, so I was. My wife watches it, and so I catch bits and pieces of it. Exactly. Are the Cubs in a little bit of a championship haze? In the first two months of the year, they're still they're just at five hundred right now, and you know I, I kind of expected them to take off a little sooner than this, with the talent that they have. I don't know. I'm I'm just a little surprised. As much as you know, I foresaw maybe the Astros being good last year, you know, maybe I was a year late on that, but well, there's still a ton of baseball left. I think it's a lot bigger, I think it's a lot bigger deal to the people who are Cubs fans than it is people like us who are not, because I know that chances are in the end, they're going to be there, but I think there's a lot of people really stressing about it that are Cubs fans. So, well, and there's still a game and a half back in the division led by the Brewers um surprisingly but as long as the yeah i just i'm i'm transitioning into a mode now where i need the cubs and cardinals to stink now i just they the cubs have reached a new level for me of disdain now that they've won their world series they're definitely not as cute as they once were hey you were the one that wanted the narrative to change i remember just let them win the world series i'm ready for the narrative to change i was just like <laughs> I hope under no circumstances do they win the World Series. Probably me guarding just against the inevitable, knowing that it was coming. It's not like the Indians were that easy to root for either in that World Series last year. But anyways, so yeah, the uh, the baseball season is moving right along. MLB draft is a week from tomorrow. And we're uh we're a little over a month here from the All Star break, which is pretty insane. We're about a third of the way through. My prediction is the Cubs will have like eight of the starting nine of, of the All Star. See, game. I wish you would have started this like on Friday or Saturday because I I I was going to predict that a Major League Baseball record for Grand Slams was going to be set. And, and a man was going to sure. pitch a no-hitter after spraining his ankle on a play at first base. 
yeah. in the first inning, and I blew it. You know, it's too late now. Nobody will believe me. <laughs> but it all happened yesterday. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Did you see uh, there were seven grand slams yesterday? I did broke. not know. I knew about the no-hitter. Yeah, it was a major league, a major league record for the most grand slams hit in one day. That's pretty significant when you think about how long the Major League Baseball has been around. It's a lot of Grand Slams. I'm just shocked that there were seven situations where a Grand Slam could have been hit. And, <laughs> well, and was it? Albert Pujols hit his 600th home run on a Grand Slam. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, But then back to the Volquez thing. I, I didn't get to see that game. I just saw some highlights. But he was doing this, uh, you know, covering first. You know, first baseman had to play on the ball. He arrived there at the same time as the runner and actually when his momentum took him in front of the runner and he kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit. And no one, him included, had any idea at that time he would go on and throw a no-hitter. They weren't even sure he'd stay in the game. But he fought that ankle pain the rest of the game and finished off a no-hitter. It was pretty incredible. Was it Which ankle was it his? Uh... Uh, I want to say it was his left ankle. Is that right, Nick? As he was coming across remember. the bag. He... He's a righty, right? Or maybe it was his right ankle. Either maybe. one. I mean, one you have to push off. One and one you have to land. land. And that's, so I was thinking, if I had to pick, I'd probably want it on my... You're throwing the same side as your... Yeah, the one that I'm pushing off of as opposed to yeah. landing on repeatedly. Because that's a, a just impact. Yeah, I, I do believe it was his right one now that I'm picturing him come across the bag in that highlight. I do believe he kind of kind of um, rolled it a little bit but he he did get the out obviously and it was a really great play by the first baseman and so he isn't isn't baseball fun cam there's just crazy things happening every day i never said baseball wasn't fun you paint me like i hate it they need to just they i think they should add more games (laughs) no i think you need help is what i think (laughs) uh you know the stock market trades every day except for the weekends. I mean, every weekday. And baseball plays pretty much every day. And I, I think I told somebody this week, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit... You, you've heard about the guy, you know, that plays the stock market and his mood is up or down depending on the market and whether it's going against him or not. And, you know, I think for people that, like me, are very into the sport, you know, my mood swings up and down <laughs> depending on a win or a loss and uh it's a lot like the like like the everyday situation with the stock market so it's like i don't want to watch the highlights if i know my team lost you know but i can't wait to watch them if i know that they won so i don't know it's silliness i got it on us cam as you can tell it's a it's a game that'll break your heart though that it will well cam it's been a pleasure we have to run We'll kind of have to cut it a little bit short this week, but looking forward to getting on a little bit more normal with schedule moving forward as life becomes a little bit normal. But, Dad, it was a pleasure. Thank you, and um, I will tell you a quick story. Uh, I missed your podcast when Nick was a little bit too busy to record, you know, with the end of school year and the and the move, and I, I was kind of giving him a hard time about it. I thought, <laughs> what, what gives? <laughs> and so he sends me a link to another podcast. <laughs> Here. You, well, it was Resolute Nation, I believe, you know, knowing it that. Wasn't a, it wasn't a competitor. It wasn't a competitor. Yeah, well, anyway. He's like, try this instead for a while. Life's crazy right now. <laughs> I was like, but you don't understand. I like to listen to this. 
So yeah. the people the people need the Mendoza Line podcast. But being a guest, being a you know making guest appearances even better than listening. So yeah, it was great having you on again. I didn't realize it had been so long until I actually thought of it. I was like, holy cow, that really was a long time ago. So think thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we will. We'll be back next week. Looking forward to it. All right. Until then, see you later. Bye.